A few months ago, we had the honor of having Pastor Bernie Hartog here, who's a prophetic ministry. He, he was a pastor. He passed his church on to um, another gentleman, and he ministers a lot in the prophetic. Did it, it was in October. Does anybody remember when Pastor Bernie Hartog was here? Okay, great. A good number of you. Do you remember what he spoke on? Don't, uh, you don't have to answer that. I find quite often that we will forget what we spoke on, even as pastors, two weeks later or a month later. Um, but his words resounded inside of me and, and have been resounding inside of me. And then last week we had the privilege of having Pastor Lorne Lewick from Chilliwack. Actually, he's in Vancouver today as their son um, is launching a church in Vancouver and I told them I was going to pray for them because we're in this together. So actually, before I get going, I just want to pray for Todd Lewick and City Life in Vancouver. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would see them impact Vancouver, their vicinity, their neighborhood, with your goodness and your power. And today was service number one. Lord, let it be a one of forever going forward and that lives will be changed. Your name. Amen. One day we're going to plant a church. Amen. One day we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to plant a number of churches. Amen. So you might want to look around and go, who's going to be the pastor? Because some of you here are going to people that go from here to plant a church somewhere. Um, so Pastor Bernie Hartog shared, and then last week, Pastor Lauren Lewick from Chilliwack shared they didn't preach the same sermon, but there's a lot from their sermons that overlap, and I want to take some time today to, to rehearse those words. Because I think sometimes we can come to church Sunday, and especially as a pastor, you want to give somebody the word, and then you want to move on. But I want to take some time, and let's have these words sink in. Because these words were prophetic words, and there's an aspect of the prophetic that you need to remember, rehearse, and let get inside of your being. Because otherwise, you miss the reward of the prophet. For instance, a number of years ago, Pastor Bernie Hartog, probably about 12 to 15 years ago, somewhere in that range, he came to the to our, our church, and he ministered, and he said, you're going to double in size. Pastor Nelson took that word, and he ran with that word, and he believed that word, and we started to look for a facility, and this facility, after a number of years, was the fruit of that, and we grew. We actually doubled in size. One, part of that was because Pastor Nelson took those words and ran with them, and he didn't just let them fall. So I want to be careful because I believe some of the prophetic words that were spoken from Bernie Hartog and from Lauren Lewick have an impact for each one of you. They're not just for the pastoral staff or the eldership team, but they are for you. In fact, they are contingent on you. They're contingent on what you do with them. I believe that every one of you makes an impact where you go. We grew up with a system or a style of church that quite often was top heavy and it was the pastor that did everything. But God has empowered each one of you and he has given the gifts 
to the body to build up the body so that the body can do the work of the ministry. Every one of you touches somebody that I can't touch. Each one of you lives in a location or a neighborhood that I do not live in, and each one of you has a sphere of friends and relationships that need Jesus, and don't expect the pastor to do it. You are the one that will bring that light to them. I've got a couple people agreeing with me. Pastor Bernie Hartog, he shared about Habakkuk chapter 2 and, and the vision And he referred to it as embracing God's vision for this church. And one thing he mentioned a few times, and I want you to to get it, it's not my church, it's God's church, but it's our church. Speak as our church. What is God saying at our church? I sit down with people sometimes, and and especially new people who are getting familiar with things, and, and, and I've seen it in business too, and they say, what is your business doing? What is your company doing? But when somebody comes in and you're a part of it, it's not what is your business, it's what's our business doing? And he, he, he asked us, and he actually gave us an actual assignment. And I did not see anybody from the church contact me answering that assignment. Now, I'm not, I just want you to realize, when God speaks, we need to listen, we need to hear. Matthew, he asked you what your gifting was. I listened to it on tape this week. No, he's not in trouble. I want to stir that gift up inside of you. Because that's a gift we need. Awesome. Praise God, you're doing better. Amen. He said, how do you see your local church? Now, some of you are visiting today, especially with the baby dedication, and and I would ask you, the church that you go to, how do you see that? So the church where you're planted, what do you see in the church that you're planted? How do you see yourself? He asked a number of questions. What is your gifting And he gave an assignment, and he said, write down this week what your gifting is, and then start doing something about it. He he said that. So my question to you today is, what is your gift? What is your talent that God has placed inside of you, and how are you using it to glorify God at Solid Rock? Now, many of you are involved. But this was a prophetic word. He also said, he he talked a lot about visualizing. Do you visualize Solid Rock and your ministry as an excellent ministry? When you do something, do it with excellence. Do it with the best. And now I define excellence as doing it the best that you can with the tools that you have. If I ask you to dig a ditch and I give you a shovel, you dig it as good as you can. If you have a bobcat or an excavator, you'll do better. But you do with what you have in your hands and you do it to the best that you can. Do it with excellence. Not just at solid rock. When you work for somebody, I'm giving you some wisdom here. 
Because some of you would like to get raises. Anybody here would like to get a raise? I, I, I'll take a raise. You want to better, I'm not going to guarantee you a raise, but I will guarantee you that the better that you work, the better your chances are of getting a raise. When your value to the company, they see and they say, I can't replace David, he's worth it. And when you do things with excellence, it says in the Bible, when you serve your boss, you're actually doing it as unto the Lord. Whether it's a union job, I guess he's a union man, I guess, at times. When you do, when you do whether it's union or non-union, when you do your, serve your boss, you're doing it as unto the Lord. So don't look at the boss as the man and stick it to the man, but look to him as saying, he's God's representative to me, and I will serve God, and he will be blessed. To me, it's very practical. And you bring that from the work setting, bring it into the house of God. We have people that come here early in the mornings on Sundays, ushering, setting up. We have children in nursery, workers in the nursery that go during the service. We have people that teach Sunday school during the service. I'm so thankful for everyone that works and participates in our body. We have people doing the soup Sunday today. That's awesome. He also talked with respect to visualizing things. He said, don't have a small vision. Don't look and have a small vision, but he talked about having a big vision. Because if it's a small vision, sometimes we almost eliminate God out of the equation. Have a vision so big that you go, I can't do it. Only God can do it. I mean, if your vision is so small that you don't need God, I'm not sure that's a vision. That might be a nightmare. Have a vision that is so big that it scares you. And that you say, this won't happen unless God. Because you bring God into the equation and he loves to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your life more than you realize it. He made a statement, God's shaping you for the future. Think about that one. Then last week, Pastor Lauren shared, and he shared out of Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And he said, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. And he talked about changing our focus. I'm trying to bring up these prophetic words that have been spoken so that we stay in front of us and that we realize that these words have an import in our life. It's very easy just to go on to the next Sunday, but I do not want to do that. I want to rehearse what God has said. I want to honor what God has said. Men and women of God have come in here and have spoken words over us, and we see those things happen when we engage and join that vision and those words, and we start to see what God can do. And he, he talked about doing a new thing, new anointing, new faith, New level. Who here would like to go to a new level? 
It's spoken over you. It's spoken over you. It's spoken over you. Who here wants a new level? Amen. Then agree with it. And say, I'm going to go to a new level because God's got a new thing for me. New anointing. Some of you are going to grow in your anointing. You're going to walk into rooms and you're going to affect the room with the anointing that God puts on you. You're going to walk into a room and people are going to take notice of you just because of the presence of God and the anointing of God, which is the oil of the Holy Spirit smeared all over. It's not a little dab will do you. When you look at the word anointing, it means smear. Don't, when you come up and you say, I want to touch from God, don't just go for everything he's got because when he anoints you, it gets all over you. And it's funny when you work with oil and you just touch it, it's like it doesn't just stay on your fingers before you know it. It's on your cheek and it's, it's like on your clothes and it's, it, it, it has a way of getting around on you. Have you ever done something with oil and it's like I, I'm just hoping my fingers are and it's like my fingers are my pants get it. My shoes get on it. It gets on the floor. I start walking. My shoes start tracking it. It gets, it gets in my hair. It gets all over. Let the anointing of God get all over you. This year, there's some new anointing. You've got to go for it. You've got to go for it. As your pastor, I'm telling you, if you sit back and chill and relax... You know what? You'll be sitting back, chilling, and relaxing next year. I want to I challenge you. I want to stir you up as a pastor, as your pastor, as a father in the faith. Go after what God has for you. If that means you get up a few minutes earlier or you stay up a few minutes longer or that means you turn off the TV and you just don't watch Oprah for 25 minutes or you turn off Dr. Phil or you turn off the hockey. Oh, I got to go. You got to turn off the hockey game every once in a while because God is calling you. You might be sitting there and all of a sudden you feel a drawing inside of you and it's God calling you. Take that moment, turn off the boob tube and say, God, what are you saying to me right now? And he will speak to you. And you will get a revelation for the next thing. New. And I love it. It's new. I love new. Give me a choice between something new and something old. I'll take the bright and shiny every day. 2017 brand new vehicle. Bring it on. A 2003 beat-up jalopy, I don't need it. But so many times, we settle for that. Do you remember what was shared last week? Change your focus. Don't look in the past anymore. People who live in the past do not live in the present. People who are rehashing things from two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago are missing out on what's present. God convicted me of this. 
I saw some pictures in my office today of three years ago, four years ago, and I looked at them, and I had sorrow in my heart. And he said, David, that was three years ago. Today is today. What are you looking at for the future? And he challenged me not to keep looking at the past, wishing I had what was there, but to look at what I have and what I have in front of me. And he says, what are you going after, David? When you start looking in the back, you know what? You start tripping over what's happening today. I've never met somebody who can look backwards and walk forward at the same time. They can't walk straight. Don't let the past rule your todays. Another thing he says, he saw a mighty large army. And then he says, but it's with shovels and rakes. Anybody remember that phrase? Sometimes in the prophetic, there will be phrases that you hear. Even today in the sermon, there might be a phrase that you hear that just like hits you or drops like a bomb. Write that down and think about it. And he said, I see a mighty army. He says, but it's with shovels and rakes. In other words, what is in your hand? What do you have as part of the army here? We have the army of God large, but we also have the army of God present here. What is in your hand? What do you do? And this connects a little bit with what Pastor Bernie Hartog shared. What is your gifting? What is your talents? What has God placed inside of you? So what is in your hand? What is your shovel? What is your rake? And then he shared about some of the mighty victories. And if you spend time to look at how God provided victories in the Old Testament, it was never conventional. It was never, it was never like line up. The, he, he had, he shared about Gideon, 32,000 men, and God brought him down to what, 300? The Israelites, when they left Egypt, do you know what they did? They asked their neighbors for their goods. They plundered their neighbors, and they took things from their neighbors. They, they asked their neighbors, can you give me this? Can you give me this? Can I have that? They took those things, and that night God said, okay, now it's time to move. The way they won their victory was just by walking and worshiping God and going across a dry river, a dry sea. That's not a conventional army. And what I got from that was God will ask you to do things that will be kind of out of the box. God's going to ask you to use what you have, and you're going to say, how can that be? Again, this connects a little bit with the vision, because you've got to see what God is doing, and not necessarily your faith or what you're expecting, but what God can do. I mean, some of them, I, I don't know if it was Gideon, I think it was Gideon where they had a lamp and then they had a pot over it and they broke it and, and I think he even broke the group up into three groups of a hundred or something. Like, we've got more than a hundred people here. And he says, you guys go over there, you guys here and you guys on that. And at this hour we're going to, and what's funny is actually he was so freaked out he asked God to help him. And God said, go, go to the enemy camp. And he went to the enemy camp. And the night before it happened, 
this guy from the enemy. Now listen to this. The enemy has a dream about this tumbleweed or something falling down and destroying this army. And the guy, and, and Gideon overhears them talking about this. So he's, he's listening in on the enemy, and the enemy goes, yeah, I had this crazy dream, and this thing happened, and this, it's like, and, and the whole army just got demolished because of this little thing that was rolling down the hill. And the guy goes, oh, you know what that is? That's Gideon. He's going to get us. The enemy had more faith in what God could do than Gideon had. The enemy is freaked out when we get mobilized because he knows he's done for. He, he said another thing that got me because I will often people say, well, where are you? And I'll say, I'm the, we're down the church, but down by the border. And remember, he says, no longer you're going to be regarded as the church down by the border. I have to change how I tell people where to find us. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, do we put a big light on top? We're the church with the big light, the halogen light that goes at 7 o'clock at night. Do we have a horn? Do, do we? So, so far I've got it. We're, we're close to Huntington. And, and I'm trying to figure out how do I scry. But you have to change what you do in order to get where God wants you to go. Because if I keep referring to it as the church by the border, which is not a bad thing, but what it was challenging me was, what do I see, what do I think, and what do I say? And if I keep on saying that, thinking that, and looking at it that way, that's where I'll stay. So we're going to be a church of impact. And people are going to know us. I, I heard of a guy, talk about amazing, this, this happened in my lifetime. A friend of mine, my age, went to England with a band, a Christian band, when he was a teenager. So 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And they were ministering in a church. And as they were worshiping and ministering, people from the neighborhood saw fire on top of that church building. But the fire was not consuming the building. So maybe when we come here and worship, people outside these walls are going to start to say, there's a church and they've got fire happening on the roof of that building. I mean, I'm thinking maybe that's the way we'll describe it. We're, we're solid rock. Yeah, we're the church with fire. Well, another thing he said, and these are things that have hit me, but I'm hoping they, they resonate with you because we are together. This is not... Pastor David, Pastor Winona, Pastor Sean, and Pastor Ariana, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Nelson. This is all of us. This is all of us. We can do more together than we can do privately and separately. And when you impact your neighborhood, you know what? There's an effect, and, and there's nothing like having babies. There's nothing like having babies. And you see somebody in your, in your neighborhood get saved and touched by God, and you get involved in their life, and there's nothing more exciting than seeing a new believer who doesn't know and just says, what does the Word of God say? Teach me, show me. There's nothing more exciting than that. Another phrase, and he said it in this order. He says, God told me, he says, you're going to see people healed, delivered, and set free. So I believe in God that we're going to see people healed. And the same person that's healed, I'm expecting to see them delivered. And then as I see them delivered, I'm expecting them to see set free. 
because somebody can get healed, but they can still live where they are. So I want them healed, but then I want God to deliver them from the chains that held them back. But sometimes they will stay there. I don't want them just to stay delivered. I want them now to be set free as if the cage is opened and now they have the whole world in front of them and they have a changed perspective. And that's something that will happen here, but that's also something that's going to happen in your homes. That's something that's going to happen in your job sites. That's going to be something that happens when you walk through Safeway. You need to start expecting the supernatural things to happen. Start looking for them. Start believing for them. Because when I read the scriptures, all I see is a supernatural thing after supernatural thing after supernatural thing. Why? Because we do the natural pretty good, but we have a real hard time doing the supernatural. But when God gets in the picture, the supernatural becomes natural. So expect healing. I'll say that again. Expect healing. Look at somebody and say, expect healing. And then say, expect deliverance. And then say, expect them to be set free. And I'm, I'm going to read a, a psalm to you this morning. The, the word that God gave me for 2017 is the word impact. And I believe everyone here today is going to be a person of impact this year. And the word that I just shared, these prophetic words, I believe are words of impact. But I want you to understand, for you to impact somebody else, you need to be impacted first. And that's why in our worship time, we will take time to worship God and let him impact our lives. Because there's no greater story to be told than what God has done for me. There's no greater witness than what's the matter with you. Well, I was blind, but now I see. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I used to be laying on this bed, and now I'm carrying this bed. Your greatest story might be the story that God has set you free from. Your greatest witness may be the story of how God touched you. And I believe this year is a year of impact. I'd like to read you a psalm. It was mentioned last week in the sermon as well. And I just want to read these verses to you and then we are going to close and we're going to go have some soup. But if you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 33. And we're going to take a couple minutes and we're going to read this chapter. I think there's about 15 plus verses. Psalm 33. And I'm going to be reading it. Cora, I don't know what version you've got. I'm going to be reading it out of the New Living Translation. No. Okay. You can put it up anyways. But I'd like you to read this. You can close your eyes. I want you to see God's activity in your life. And the reason why I ask you to close your eyes is just so that there's no distractions. 
But if you could picture this in your mind as I read this. Let the godly sing with joy to the Lord. For it is fitting to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing new songs of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true. And everything he does is worthy of our trust. He loves whatever is just and good. And his unfailing love fills the earth. I love this. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He gave the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let everyone in the world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke the word, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord shatters the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen for his own. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king. And this is the passage that Pastor Lauren is talking about. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Just because you got strength, you need more than that. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But... But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We depend on the Lord alone to save us. And I make this personal. I depend on the Lord alone to save me. Only you can help me, protecting me like a shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we are trusting in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. This morning in our worship, there are words of hope. But I want to tell you, the only way and the only source 
and the only one that gives true hope is our Lord and Savior. It's not found in a quick fix. It's not found in some medicinal thing. It's not found in some exercise. It is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And this year, I believe, is going to be a year of impact. But I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging with you that you make it a year that you say, Lord, impact me. Impact me first. Because I can't impact other people if you haven't impacted me the way that I need to be impacted. I need to experience, I need to encounter you, God in your holiness, in your truth, in your completeness. This year, I believe, is going to be a year of impact for Solid Rock in Abbotsford. I believe this year is going to be a year of impact for Solid Rock in our nation. I believe this year is going to be a year of impact for Solid Rock in the nations of the world. And I want to encourage you, the words that were spoken over the last few weeks, the prophetic words that we have, don't let them fall. Put them in front of you. Write words down. Write things down in front of you. God gives you a word. God gives you a thought. Write it down. Put it in front of you. Let it impact you because when it impacts you, it will turn in turn impact others. Let God impact you. And I believe the words that have been spoken to us are words of impact. And I don't want them to fall on the ground. I want them to fall in our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to close. I'm going to close in a couple ways. First of all, if you've never let Jesus impact you in your life, you can make that decision today. It says in the Bible, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We had the verse earlier, John 3, 16, whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. So this morning, if you want God to impact you and Jesus to impact you, it's a matter of calling on his name and saying, Lord, I trust you and I believe you and I turn my life over to you. It's a confession of our mouth and it's believing in our heart that he is Lord. We can do it in many different ways, but the way I'd like to do it is I'd like to just simply as a congregation take a moment and I just want to pray. I want to pray a confession with my mouth of him as Savior. And I'm going to ask every one of you to join me, even if you've said it before, because there might be somebody near you that's never said this. And I want to give everyone here an opportunity to confess Jesus as Lord and to see the impact of him touch your life. So I want to do that right now. If you could join me, you don't have to close your eyes, but I'd like everybody to say this with me. Heavenly Father, Come and impact my life. 
Jesus, impact me. I confess that you are the Lord and you are my Savior. And I will turn over the rule of my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross and forgiving my sins. Amen. Thank you for joining me with that. Now, if any of you said that for the first time, you can let somebody know in the soup. You don't have to talk to the pastor, but talk to somebody that you trust, somebody that you know. And I also want to just take a moment and I just want to pray over every one of you here this morning. Many of you I know. And if you, if, if you want to see 2017 be a year of impact, I'd like you just to stand for a moment. And I'm just going to pray. And as an act of faith and as a prophetic sign what I'm going to ask you to do is just to open your hands. And what it, I'm just doing that as a way of opening yourself up to receive. Lord, I just pray over everyone here today that we would be people of impact, that you would impact us that we would in turn turn around to see others impacted for you. And Lord, I speak new things. You are doing a new thing, new levels, new anointing, new faith, new miracles, new finances, new health, new restoration, new relationships, new joy, new peace, new rest, new, new, new. Lord, I declare that and I release that over your people. And Lord, I thank you that we can spend time together eating soup. Liquids and solids. Heated up with flavors. Bless our fellowship. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good father. Amen. I want to encourage you to stay if you can. Enjoy the soup Sunday with us. Fellowship, say hi to somebody that you haven't said hi to before. Yes, Olivia will be at the back. You can bring your $5 if you have it. Bring it to Olivia. Olivia will be at the back coffee bar. God bless you.